Welcome to the New Story Podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Conran. And today on the show, I have Dr. Amy King, an Atlanta-based uh, um, integrative chiropractor, would you call it, Amy? You're a, you are a chiropractor, but also incorporating uh, a holistic mindset of mind, body, spirit, as well as um, energy work and Reiki. Um, and Bacon's on the line with us to her Reiki pup, who, uh, if you visit her in Atlanta, Georgia, you can often find him with her at her offices. He's a little Reiki chihuahua. Um, welcome to the show. Hey, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we were, uh, we've already been recording a little bit because we've been having some technical difficulties. So we're on a, we're, we've restarted and we're coming back and, um, We've been talking about uh, Amy's process to getting into uh, being a chiropractor and her how that originated. And we were also talking about um, one of the questions I asked her was about um, uh, just so she doesn't have to kind of like go through everything again. We're going to pick the <laughs> highlights back up. Um, we talked about Amy was raised uh, Catholic. And I had asked her about if she could envision what she was doing when she was younger, if, if, it, if she could have ever imagined that she'd be doing uh, what she'd be doing now. Um, and Amy, you can, you can take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I, would, I definitely would say no at this point now that I worked my process out. <laughs> um, but not really. I mean... You know, like I was saying, my family was very, very Western medicine, which is great and needed, you know, at times. But um, I was talking about the misconceptions of chiropractic and how, you know, people really think that chiropractic is about pain and neck pain and back pain and headaches and um, that kind of stuff. But what I realized when I got to chiropractic school or well, before I got to chiropractic school was that chiropractic is all about you know, the healing power of the human body. So the, the body is a self-healing mechanism. And if the nervous system is functioning at its highest potential, your body can, can really work at its highest potential. And, yeah. um, you know, and then when you add in energetic work, Reiki, um, you know, that kind of stuff, it's, it gives it even more power to heal at its optimal level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And something that, um, like part of my mentorship course that I teach is really all about how the anatomy of the body is so affected and the physical pain that we're in is just so affected by our emotional well-being and our thoughts and beliefs. Um, what have you found as a chiropractor, like in, you know, I love to remind our, um, our uh, listeners and, all, you know, both of our clients also just how how important it is to bring the whole body into alignment that the body's not just a separate thing that has aches and pains. It really reflects the aches and pains of our mind and our, and our heart, basically. Um, what, what has been your experience with that? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that literally is, is what I'm working with every day, really. I mean, 
I went into practice um, about four and a half years ago thinking that my practice was going to be like I was taught to have it in school. So that is, you know, very like insurance. Well, I didn't, I wasn't going to take insurance, but they, they want you to be very into the medical world. You know, they want us to be comparative to medical doctors, which we're not. And I realized that I was a lot different than that. But um, what I've realized very quickly is that, you know, the, like these headaches and backaches and, and neck pain and stuff that are happening are because of, you know, 90% of the time are because of emotional mm-hmm. issues, emotional traumas, whether they're happening now or they happened in the past, you know, those things get stored in our systems. And if we're not addressing them at that time, they really can start to cause some major issues in, in the whole body. Yeah. You know, not in certain areas, but the whole yeah. entire Do you think that the chiropractic industry does that for, you know, like kind of like wants, pushes the more medical side uh, out of wanting it to become a more validated kind of field? I think so. There was um, in the, like the early, well, the late seventies, early eighties, there was actually a lawsuit. Um, The American Chiropractic Association actually sued. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but the, Mm. they sued the American Medical Association um, because the American Medical Association was trying to eradicate chiropractic essentially because they claimed that we were practicing medicine without a license because people were getting well and they weren't using medical doctors as much where they weren't purchasing pharmaceuticals because you know they were going to chiropractors their nervous systems were functioning and they were healing themselves and so they actually tried to take down chiropractic and it was like an 11 almost an 11 year um like process and you'll probably never hear about it (laughs) because they've (laughs) buried it deep down and don't want anybody to know, but the chiropractic association won and, you know, they've proven their point through research, you know, and saying how people's qualities of lives are better. Um, But I think that really created a huge divide in, you know, Western medicine and Eastern medicine, even just like acknowledging that the body can do these things without intervention. Um, and I think a lot of chiropractors, when they wanted to get into the insurance game and stuff, tried to level themselves more with medical, the medical system, um, and be seen as equals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that something that, you know, around me, uh, there's a bunch of chiropractors. I know there's one chiropractor who is like an energy practitioner as well. Um, but in terms of like how chiropractors are trained is is a lot of it I mean what's the training like is it very medical in its training or is it does it have kind of spiritual like you know when when you're trained in acupuncture let's say obviously it's very um there is a medical side to it as well and then there's also a, a deeply spiritual side to it is that kind of how it is in care in uh chiropractic school and obviously like you know not all chiropractors are the same. So if someone is looking for like a holistic chiropractor, what are some of the um, things that they should be asked, the questions they should be asking? Yeah. um, So there, you know, all chiropractic schools are different. Um, I think they're, I I don't know the exact number, but I think there's maybe 12 in the United States. Um, I went to life university because of the philosophy. So 
Chiropractors in, in many states are considered primary care providers. So they, so our training is extremely medical. We basically get the same amount of medical training um, minus pharmaceutical training. So mm. we get more spinal anatomy and medical doctors, you know, just in, in general medicine, get more pharmaceutical training. Um, so obviously we're, we're specialized in the nervous system and, and spinal anatomy. So we get a lot of that, but you know, we have to be able to diagnose. We have to be able to read x-rays, radiology reports, MRIs, all of that stuff. Um, so it is, it's a 14 quarter program and we have to take five board exams, um, wow. before we even practice. Yeah. There's four written exams and then a practical exam at the end. And you have to, you know, get a, certain passing score to practice anywhere. And some, some states require that you have, well, most states require that you have a bachelor's degree on top to your, on top of your, um, chiropractic degree. Um, so it's a lot of school. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Um, but there's not, you know, there's, there's clubs and stuff at, at some schools that will in, incorporate that spiritual aspect, but you kind of have to search that out a little bit. You know, we're mostly yeah. learning, um, the philosophy of chiropractic, that it's an art science and philosophy. And then, um, the other stuff you kind of have to reach out for, mm -hmm. uh, just because there's not time, you know? Yeah. So for those listeners who, who can't come see you in Georgia, <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Atlanta, go visit <laughs> Dr. Amy here. Uh, um, but for everybody else, like what, you know, what kind of questions should they be asking somebody to kind of decipher if it's a right chiropractic fit for them in terms of, is this someone who is like just medically minded or, um, cause it's not always, uh, advertised on people's websites. I find you're right. You're right. And it, I think there's definitely, um, it's there, there's, it's a niche for sure. And not, not all chiropractors are like me, but and, you know, in my eyes, all chiropractic works. We all have our own separate technique because we're all individuals and chiropractic truly is an art, mm. you know? So, you know, looking for words like intuitive is always a good thing. Um, anybody that's practicing BGI or biogeometric integration or network spinal analysis, those are going to be your more um, like intuitive or, or energetic um, techniques um, for chiropractic. I'm trying to think of other verbiage. I mean, it's weird because I think if you are... I mean, I think that's good. It's, it's important. I mean, I wouldn't know that those were that those were things to look for. So I think that's really yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something else. I was like, wait. <laughs> we've had a nice pause to both consider how we feel about that. <laughs> right. Well, it's not for everybody, you know, like I don't do a whole lot of outside advertising because it, it is kind of a niche market, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not for everybody. It's, it's for people like us. <laughs> yeah. Who, who is chiropractic for then? Like if someone, what kind of like, like who's your, who's the ideal uh, chiropractic client, intuitive chiropractic. Client. Yeah, good question. So, um, I will say that the majority of my clients are, um, yogis, energy workers, people like us basically, but, um, anybody that's looking to really heal emotional trauma, anybody that's looking to kind of go into that deep 
shadowy shit that we don't necessarily want to get into ourselves. Um, and anybody that wants to like do like a lot of internal work on themselves, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. there's, there's chiropractic for, you know, personal injury cases where you've gotten to an accident and I I'll do that too. But, um, obviously, you know, that's not my niche market. My niche market is really for people that are trying to do some like major healing and clearing, um, and be, you know, work on that spiritual ladder, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's, it's such a great field in the, um, when you can incorporate the physical body into the spiritual practice, it's just so much more beneficial and helpful for us, you know, because um, I think a lot of times in spirituality, we just want to kind of just go up into the ethers and into the clouds. And we want to just like focus on that kind of getting high (laughs) aspect of spirituality Um, and, uh, and we don't necessarily, sometimes that is just like the perfect escape, escape and avoidance from our feelings, you know, to, to kind of focus on that kind of like feel good spirituality, not, and all spirituality obviously feels good, but like, if we really want to kind of get things at the root, we got to bring it into the body and kind of like feel it out, feel out the sensations of like what is really happening in the body and connect the dots. Absolutely. And when you have, you know, when you have chronic issues or, you know, you start noticing, you become really present about your system and where you maybe are holding certain traumas, you know, the weight on your shoulders is not just something that somebody made up, you know, that's a real thing, you know, of burdens and, and our sacrum holds our sacral chakra, our sacrum literally holds, you know, emotional trauma and safety and security issues. So, you know, a lot of people have not heard these things before either. You know, they're going to yoga, they're doing, you know, massage therapy or or certain things, and they're just not being exposed to that type of language. Yeah. I know, I know I hadn't been. And when I started, well, I'd be teaching it in my course. FYI. <laughs> Good. I love it. It's important. I mean, it's, you know, I, I just started noticing patterns in people and, you know, I'm a huge fan of Louise Hay and, um, yeah, same. She's she, come up a bunch of times on the podcast. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, she was not like, she wasn't a medical doctor. She was nothing. She was just like, this is what's happening with the human body. And these are patterns. And, it's such an amazing miracle that she was able to, to reach the world like that. I hope more people, you know, start reading her stuff because it's amazing. It's changed yeah. my practice. Well, she was like, she was an intuitive and she, you know, I think like all of us, even the, like, you know, basically like what we're looking at as practitioners is data, you know? And right. I think like, uh, even though, the field of like energy work is not being studied as directly as it could be by the medical field, et cetera, in terms of how we help people. It doesn't mean that you and I as practitioners aren't collecting a shitload of data (laughs) that is constantly proving, you know, um, how beneficial it is. And I, I, I often think of this in terms of like, you know, uh, no one's paying to do studies of any of this. And obviously 
like uh, for anybody that's listening that is a practitioner, try to keep notes as much as you can of just like the patterns that you see. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff I, I'm teaching is like the directly related to patterns that I find in myself and in everybody, you know, in the thousands of uh, sessions I've done. So it's, it really is like, um, that's our new science as holistic practitioners Mm -hmm. is to gather our own data and, uh, and like really be confident in that we are the holders of that information basically. So true. And it's, it's so hard to measure sometimes. I think that's why, you know, energy work and, you know, chiropractic and other alternative therapies are, it's hard to measure. It's hard to measure quality of life, you know, with a, maybe a survey, but you can't like quantify it, which I think is really hard. Um, but you can see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for young chiropractors, people getting into the field right now of like, um, how any kind of, thing that you wish that you had known as you were learning about it you're like so many things well I definitely like I blocked a lot of school out just because it was so traumatic um it was it was really awful it kind of was one of those situations where I'm like if I did this I could literally do anything (laughs) yeah is that just like the sheer amount of work and pressure yeah it was Mm -hmm. you know we were taking like I said it was 14 quarters we were taking Mm -hmm. like 25 to 30 credit hours a quarter we were taking 11 you know like basically 11 or 12 classes at a time midterms exams it was just kind of like powering through it and um I think like the biggest thing that I, I'm, I was not a great student, which I just like had to reteach. I had been out of school for five years. So I had to reteach myself how to study and, and reteach myself how to, how to be back in school. But, um, the sheer amount of information was very overwhelming. Um, my biggest piece of advice for anybody starting there, or even just in a program like that in general is to find a person, um, I don't know if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, but <laughs> um, Christina and Meredith, like they call each other their their person, they're, they're each other's person, and that that kind of saved me. I have my best friend. We're still she's still my person, um, Dr. Crystal Jones. She's amazing. Um, but like finding somebody to hold you accountable, finding somebody to support you and 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 hold you up while while you're kind of in the depths of awfulness is super important. Um, and just really, in life in general. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been together for 11 years, so I'm like, yeah. okay, in life, it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just finding that originally and then, you know, taking stock in like what's important, you know, like getting, if getting good grades is like essential for you, that's wonderful, but it's, it's hard to maintain in a program like that. So just like getting through what you can get through. And yeah. not not dwelling on a bad grade or or a failed class because a lot of people do fail a lot of classes. I only failed one, thank goodness, but yeah. <laughs> it was a very big lesson, and it was the first thing I first class I ever failed, which was kind of amazing but terrible at the same time. Um, one of those situations, but you know, just be be patient and mindful, and nobody really cares what your GPA is, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important for everybody listening to here too. I I find so much like I find a lot with um, 
obviously certification and it's important to put yourself through schooling, you know, for any kind of holistic wellness that you want to do, as well as to have received that kind of healing work and have a personal experience with it, you know, of why, why you feel connected to it. I think that's important for any uh, practitioner, but there is this sort of like never ending, um, like attachment to education that I find people get caught up in where they feel completely inadequate as practitioners. Um, and they're constantly seeking new levels of education in terms of like, um, you know, obviously I'm always reading and learning stuff cause it's just, it's just fun. And it's like the path of life, right? It's, it's like so interesting to be involved in these, but so many, I, I do find that a lot of practitioners like that, that come see me they're the messages from their, from uh, their guides are always, you know, you have, you know, enough, you need to trust yourself and go out there and practice and, um, you know, kind of pay your dues a little bit and learn how to build confidence in what you're doing. Um, like what's your experience between, and I think this does have a lot to do with the grades and stuff too, you know, like pulling back from that. I've just like, you know, how, how, how do you know when you have enough information to be a practitioner? And I'm just sort of like asking that in a rhetorical way too. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, like in terms of like your schooling, do you think that like every single thing that you learned in schooling obviously is not something that you necessarily need, right? Like oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what what is what has been your lesson in regards to kind of like you know um uh education and and then actually what makes you feel confident as a practitioner I think I mean I think you said it it's literally trusting yourself yeah you know I think when I first opened my practice the main thing with chiropractic school is they are trying to freak you the fuck out it's, they're like, you're going to get sued. You have to have all this liability insurance. Like, like they're just trying to like help you not make mistakes, but they're trying to scare the shit out of you. And I get that to a point, but it makes you almost so scared to touch anybody that you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so that was like a huge thing for me to get over Um, one of the biggest things that I did, and I guess I should have, should have said this in my advice is I took a lot of time off between school and opening my practice. Mm. Um, I took about eight months off. Um, a little bit of that was forced. I had to retake my last board exam. Um, but it was the best thing that I ever did. And I was really patient and about opening my practice. And I actually was nannying when I opened my practice so that I didn't have to count people as money, you know, like I didn't want to see like, Oh, I have to have this many people in my office to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could be patient with, with that, but, um, it really, it took a little while to gain confidence. You know, nobody was going to trust me if I didn't trust myself. Yeah. So I really had to figure out, you know, what I had to do to, to trust myself. And that's, that's where, you know, your person comes in. Like we, Crystal and I would get together and and talk about you know what the heck are we doing and and practice adjusting each other and and really trusting our intuition and building our intuition mm-hmm. um back up because it was kind of it was really 
lost, you know, Mm -hmm. once you're in that school situation and you're, it's very, um, practical, you know, they're like feeling the the joints motion and and noticing misalignments in the nervous system and and what they feel like, but you kind of turn your intuition off because you're, you're being taught a practical thing. That's not going to get you in trouble, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that just practicing talking, listening to people. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll pick up a lot of your data and a lot of your, your experience listening to what people are going through. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge difference between what we do in Western medicine is that a lot of medical doctors don't have time to listen yeah. to people. And that's really important to me. So I don't have a high volume practice because I want to truly get to the root causes of what people are working through and, and really hear what they're saying and, and find those, those places where people need help. Yeah. Same, same. And I think like, you know, I was just writing the energy report for next week. Um, and so much of the energy, I feel like a lot of people right now are feeling called to uh, like a lot of the full moon coming up is in Virgo is uh, about our sense of service and sense of duty, you know, and obviously to the themes of health and wellness. And I think there's a lot of people who want to dedicate their lives to um, service in this way, you know, um, but I think that the element that is missing a lot is the integrity, you know, in terms of personal integrity, you're not going to have self-esteem if um, you are not holding yourself accountable in the way that you are going to be holding your clients accountable. And because everything is energy, um, people can feel that too. They can feel if you're not holding yourself to a standard um, and, I'm not saying that to make anybody feel guilty either, but the, the, I think like in terms of like confidence, we really get our confidence from like walking our talk, you know, and so much, we need that support. We need, I mean, I have my practitioners I work with that I go see and my friends that like I reach out to, like if I need some accountability and um, my own personal discipline. And I think like, that is such a big part of being a practitioner is like being engaged in like do, you know, doing what you say you'll do, (laughs) you know, or, or rather like, um, yeah, just like having your words and actions match. And I find that that is probably the best confidence boost as a practitioner is to just be living, living in truth that way and seeing results for yourself is like a surefire way to feel confident that others will see results as well. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, listening to your energy report every week too, it's like, Oh, you know, you feel way more connected when you're like, Oh, I'm not the only one that's feeling this. Like everybody else is feeling this too. So what are we, what are we going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, um, this is like, this is a big time for our collective. Like, like this is a huge shift into creativity this year to do with like, how we're really accessing like the most, like all the dynamic sides of ourselves, you know, um, like for me, I'm, I've completely shifted my practice and, uh, I'm doing a lot of new things and I'm also just like sort of incubating and letting whatever my practice is going to 
also just allowing it to be alive and something that is just constantly changing. And I think as a practitioner too, that's, that's an important element that um, we don't just like that we are open to kind of the flow. And if something stops working in terms of our practice, uh, that we're open to adjusting it and shifting it and, Oh, maybe, maybe I won't live here anymore. Practice at this space. Maybe I'll move on to something else and kind of just keeping that creative juice alive that, you know, we and our practice are not just like this, this, um, solid, like, uh, unmoving thing or this flowing kind of entity. Totally. Yeah. I, I think that that's been, I think the last two years for me too, I've, I've really just, I've realized the tools that I was using for self-care were just not what I needed anymore. I had to mm-hmm. find different tools. I had to find new practitioners. I had to figure out, you know, a different type of yoga practice, a different type of meditation. Um, and a lot of that was avoidance of shadow work, you know, mm-hmm. um, and finding the right people to help me through that. So yeah. I feel that and like not being a hypocrite where you're like, oh, you need to go work on this when I myself, I'm like, oh, I, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's um, the big lesson as a practitioner, right? Is it like our clients are always showing us our own shit? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I definitely have a lot of aha moments and, and practice on the daily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something else you were talking about, too, that um, I thought would be really good for our listeners, too, especially people building a business is just that, um, like, when you're beginning to build a business, I think across the board for any entrepreneur, it, it does take about two years to have your business be up and running where it's actually something that is self-sufficient. Um, and I don't think that's just in the wellness industry. I think that's pretty much in any industry, you need about two years to kind of let yourself, you know, find your footing. So, um, I think it's normal to, uh, supplement your income with other kind of work and to sort of edge your way into it. And, um, it's, it certainly for me, it wasn't just this whole, like, Oh, now I'm just doing this full time. I definitely had to <laughs> edge my way into it. So like if anybody's out there and they're listening, um, it is totally normal to just not be able to like, you know, hit the ground running and have some kind of like, I think some, in some ways, the way that wellness, and maybe I think we've like caught on to this. And so we're not kind of drinking the Kool-Aid anymore, but a lot of this wellness that is, uh, advertised as like six weeks to $6 million in sales. (laughs) Grow a, or grow a six-figure uh, like income. <laughs> I mean, God, I hope that we're fucking so tired of our own capitalism at this point oh. that we know that that is just never going to work for a spiritually centered practice to focus on those things. Not that you won't make good money at all. I'm not saying that, but to right. focus on it as like. And to hold ourselves to a standard that if we are like kind of just doing a session here, doing a session there in the beginning, and we don't, we're not making a million dollars that we're failing in some way. Um, Like, you know, just like, I think, uh, I I wish in the beginning someone had told me just that like, yeah, it takes time. Just be super duper patient and, uh, and keep at it. Well, you don't want to like go full in either because you don't want to get burnt out. I think that, 
that was one of the main things for me is I'm like, I love my job. It's not, a, it's not work to me. I love going to, to my practice every day. I love the people that I'm seeing. And yeah, like, I don't, I don't ever want to not feel like that when I walk through the door, you know, and totally. just, I don't want to lose my integrity with it. I don't want to lose my intention. And it's, I think it's important just to take your, take your time and you're always going to freak. I still freak out. I'm almost, you know, four and a half, five years in practice and I still, I'll have a slow day and I'm like, Oh my God, everyone hates me. <laughs> <They all go. laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot to kind of continually remind yourself, Oh, you know what? Maybe I just need, I maybe I need this extra rest today. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like I could just do something real nurturing for myself and just enjoy the slow, the slow time. I find as a, as a freelancer that that's some of the hardest stuff to kind of like formulate a perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's yeah. always what happens too, is I'll be going, going, going. And then all of a sudden I'll have, you know, not a full book day or something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, Oh, that's cause I needed to do this, this and this, or, you know, yeah. Silly. And it's hard because social media kind of, you know, everybody seems so successful and busy and, and all this stuff. And I kind of am getting over that whole busyness equals success situation. Cause it's just, I don't know, busyness to me is burnout, but, um, yeah, it's hard to not, you know, comparison is a thief of joy, but it's hard not to compare yourself when you think everybody's doing all the things and you're over here chilling. <laughs> well, everybody's just showing the best sides of themselves, mostly on Instagram. You know? <laughs> like we're all first dating each other. You know, it's like, we're just showing up to our first date with like all the good stuff. We're not, we're not showing each other the morning cries <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or the, uh, or the like, uh, you know, just like the other kind of menial and mundane shit that makes up every day. Um, You know, I often like, I often, I actually have, because I've like created this life and I actually only see, my max of clients that I'll see in one day is three. And then I, I don't like to do more than like nine sessions a week because, um, well, just because when I'm in somebody's energy, I'm like working through so much material that in order to maintain my own defined sense of self, uh, I don't like to overwork myself. And I, and I used to in the past when I was first beginning, I'd do like 11 sessions in a fucking day. And at the end of the day, I'd be like, (laughs) who am I? Who are you alive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I would be so, so drained and exhausted. So um, obviously like knowing your limits is really good. And even for me, like three is my limit per day. So if I'm recording a podcast on my own, recording with someone else and then doing a session, that's my limit of output for service for the collective. Right. And then I go back into kind of like, what do I need to do for myself? Um, And I'm always thinking like, you know, in like, uh, people are always like, Oh, you're so busy doing all these things. And I'm always like, I always feel like I'm not necessarily doing a lot of stuff. Right. But so I think it, yeah. it really is about perspective. It's like yeah. when someone else mirrors that back at me, I'm like, Oh, I guess I am doing a lot of stuff. But when it's you, you're not really necessarily like 
you're just living your life. So it's like, it's hard to kind of <laughs> see things clearly sometimes. That's so true. Did well, you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, did you find, did you easily find that limit for yourself? Did it take you a long time to get there or did you? It did. I mean, I've been in practice since 2013. So six years. And, um, I think, well, I think it took me like the first two years, uh, to really like master the fact that I wasn't going to do any free, uh, events and shit, you know, like if somebody wasn't going to pay me to, to do or give me a proper exchange, I wasn't going to do it. Um, and also I just want to say to everybody listening, this whole idea that like, um, you can do a shitload of work for somebody and just receive promotional support is just bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's pure <laughs> fucking bullshit. Do you know yeah. how many times I, I like, like did something and donated my time and helped a bunch of people and actually got nothing in return for it. I not even one new client from it, not anything from it. It's like, you know, that is all just a load of bullshit and any honorable company. And this is going to sound harsh because if this is somebody who's listening, but if you're an, an honorable company, you will find a way to pay your practitioners properly when they come and they work at your event and, and you will actually give them a proper exchange. Absolutely. You know? And for practitioners, don't sell yourself short. You know, like there's a lot of vampires out there and they will use you to help themselves and make money off of you uh, without you getting anything in return. So I think one of the biggest things I learned in the beginning was to say no to to anything that wasn't going to pay me what my hourly rate is, you know, Um, and I guess your hourly rate is really what your session rate is. And obviously you can kind of like, come to like some happy medium where you're, if you're doing a whole day's activity, then here's the amount. But I think that, you know, people really like people who organize events, they're going to have to start organizing events with that kind of in mind in terms of how they're going to pay practitioners, you know, as much as they would pay for a tent or tables and chairs, they're going to need to also pay the people who are, who are coming to the events. It's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that was like part of like boundary making in the beginning too. It just, it does, it takes time to kind of figure out like what your limits are. And, you know, I got a friend who does acupuncture and she has different limits because she can shut down like the spiritual side of it and she can just use the uh, needles to treat, you know? And so maybe she, and also she has a different energy than I do. Right. So she has a more, Uh, Like she has a completely different astrological imprint than I do. She's much less watery than me. So she's, it's easier for her to detach from some of the psychic information than it would be for someone, let's say who has like Mars and cancer, you know, and who we're, we're literally how we move forward in the world as we're feeling and sensing everything on a physical level. So I think, um, I think it also like for anybody that's a practitioner, if you can only see like one person a day, that is totally legit fine, you know, and somehow you'll make, you'll make that work for yourself. Um, 
But Amy, what are your, so you mentioned before that you have shifted your self-care practice. What was your self-care practice before and how, what's working for you? What are you enjoying right now in terms of like how you take care of yourself and have a holistic practice? Yeah. Um, so in the past, probably, I mean, definitely through school and into starting my practice, um, I was, it it was a very strong yoga practice, like asana, Mm. um, a lot of hatha yoga. Um, and that was really good for me then. Now that has kind of taken a little bit of a, I've taken a little bit of a break, not a total break, but I've, I used to go like four or five times a week and now I'm like one or two, but, Hmm. um, what I found, especially in the last year or so is I've kind of become a hermit. (laughs) Um, I've had to spend a lot of time by myself. Um, and just like, I'm a cancer. So I just, I'm um, a cancer too. Yeah. When's (laughs) your birthday? What'd you say? When's your birthday? Uh, June 29th. Oh, nice. A gene yeah. cancer. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so spending a lot of like alone time, whether that's my biggest thing to do alone is, is to get out in the woods. So hiking mm. is something that has been really, really essential for me. Um, definitely in the last couple of years. Um, and then getting body work done, massage, Reiki, acupuncture. Um, I've got a biomat uh, last year. Um, just for like cellular regeneration and something oh, sweet. What are the crystals that it's made of? Um, this, this one's amethyst. Oh, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The pillow has black tourmaline and amethyst in it too. So, um, bacon loves it as well. <laughs> I bet. Um, so those are definitely, and then I get adjusted every, every week. Um, that was kind of, I was going like, you know, like once a month or something to get adjusted. My best friend and I, Um, but we both discovered this year that, or well, middle of last year, that that was something that was non-negotiable for us. So we get adjusted every week and then, um, kind of, I, I balance that with like massage therapy and stuff, but, um, nature for sure. Yeah. 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 Nature. I just, uh, was read a quote today from Carl Jung. It was, and it was just like, um, nature's the only thing that kind of like cleanses us from too much civilization is what it said. (laughs) It's like an instant cleansing from that dirtiness of civilization is actually what he said. (laughs) So true. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of earthing and like walking barefoot. And I don't, I mean, I'm barefoot in my practice just so I can be really grounded because I'm, I don't have any earth signs in my chart. Come here, buddy. Sorry. (laughs) Is that Um, bacon? Yeah. (laughs) Come here. What um, a whiner. Yeah. Like, why are we not in the bed right now? You're sitting here. Why are we not? Oh, cutie. Um, he, um, just one second. We're, we're taking a chihuahua break. <laughs> chihuahua break. Our animals are important. And so when they call, we got to figure yeah, out what you. they need. <laughs> um, yeah. So earthing is, is, is something that I, I really like to do. It's a little cold here in Georgia right now, but we had, it was 80 degrees last Thursday. So don't even Dr. King, don't <laughs> fucking even, I'm looking at piles of snow outside. <laughs> oh, I, hey, I grew up in Michigan. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you know, I like, there's one question I like to ask all my, ask all my guests. What's one piece of advice that you would give a young version of you now? Oh man. 
little Amy. What is little? little what would little Amy need to hear? I okay. I think that I would tell little Amy to not. Don't be afraid to stay to stand up in your authenticity. Mm-hmm. I think that growing up as an in, like a small little emotional cancery <laughs> intuitive child was really difficult. I feel like I was too sensitive and I was too much this and too much that. And I think I, I like stuffed a lot of that down a lot of that, like stuff that makes me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hit it because I was ashamed of it and I was scared um, yeah. for that amount. And it's taken me, obviously it's taken me years and years of work and practice to um, open that back up and, and reach that. And mm-hmm. I think that that would be my biggest piece of advice for my little tiny self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think so often, like when I would, when people come into my practice, I would, uh, during the energy work, I always like envision them when they're little and it's so interesting how different, and then I ask them about it and I'll be like, you know, when you were little, it seemed, it feels like you were really like loud and brash and, you know, love to like be singing or performing and they'll be like the shyest person, you know? And, uh, it's so interesting how innately like our, what we were like when we were really small before, um, our ego was molded by our conditioning yeah. is really our authentic self, you know? So mm-hmm. if, if someone was always saying you're too emotional, you know, that's your fucking gift is the, right. is that emotionality that you have, you know, and like, you're not too emotional for us now. Like we need that. Or like mm-hmm. someone was always telling you like to be quiet. It's like, well, now you got to get really loud and take up a lot of room, <laughs> you know? It's so um, true. Like our childhoods really tell us a lot about like who we were authentically meant to be. When you were little, did you, did you, um, did you like to help people? Were you like a, a natural helper? Oh yeah, totally. I was always, I, yeah, I was helping all the time. And I think, um, that I was the middle kid too. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of the peacemaker as well. (laughs) So I was like, let's do this and then we'll do this and then we'll have a chat about it. And I was, it was weird because I wanted to talk about feelings, but nobody was talking about feelings in the eighties. I don't feel like. No. I'd be wrong, but. (laughs) Nobody was talking about it until like last year. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I had feelings. (laughs) I didn't yeah. know what they were, but yeah, I always wanted to be a helper. And, um, I was actually, um, really into, I was a dancer and a ballerina mm. and a gymnast. And I feel like that kind of ruined me a little bit too. Cause it's so, you have to be so cookie cutter when you're doing, you know, any type of like dance performance when it's not a solo, obviously. Right. Um, and I think that I look back at that and I'm like, man, my, it was really interesting when I graduated chiropractic school, one of my friends, asked my dad, he was down here for graduation and was like, what, like, what was Amy like when she was little? And he was like, she was always like, if everybody was going right, she was going left. If if they were putting shoes on, she was taking hers off. Like she was always kind of doing her own thing. And I was like, was I like that? Really? Like, I feel like that's not true. But now that I think when I thought about it at that time, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And why would I 
What year were you born, Amy? 81. Oh, yeah. You might have... uh, I wonder what your Uranus is in. (laughs) Oh, I know this. Um, Mine's in Sag, which means I've always been like, I'm going to do spirituality my own way. (laughs) Oh, mine's Scorpio. Oh, well... Like you're like obviously not going to do things the same way. You're gonna you're gonna do things in a way that really transforms, right? Like, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Amy, for coming on. Is there any offerings that you want to share with uh, our listeners, or any? How can they find you? Yeah. So my I'm on Instagram. Um, it's Doctor All spelled out Amy King, and my website is the same DrAmyKing.com. Um, I, I'm looking to expand what I'm doing in Atlanta. Um, my office space is really small, but I, I, I've been hosting some workshops, some tarot reading workshops and some astrology reading workshops and stuff. So that stuff's all going to be mostly announced on Instagram. Um, but I'm looking to expand into different spaces. So if anybody out there is looking for intuitive chiropractic Reiki, anything let me know yeah Um, but (laughs) and bacon is always involved so yeah um, yeah but thank you so much Rebecca for having me on I've been a huge fan of yours for a really long time so I was super giddy when you asked me oh it's my pleasure it's been great to get to know you more and and talk to you in person on here and I feel like um you know all of this information is just so pertinent for our listeners who are who are looking to create their own uh, holistic bu- businesses right now as well. That seems like something that um, people are asking um, a lot about. And, uh, you know, for anybody that is interested, I'm doing a February reset right now, which is a discounted session that can be applied for tarot, energy work, or coaching. And if business coaching is something that you want, or you want us to look at the energy around your business, that's something that we can do in that also. Um, and then, uh, I also have my, um, weekend retreat coming up. So it's a retreat in Patterson, New York, where we're going to apply a lot of sound healing. Now, not everybody knows that I've also been, um, working on, I'm a singer and I play a lot of music and now I'm incorporating a lot more sound. Uh, so we're going to do a sound bath and a lot of it's going to be well, I kind of think people know it because they listen to me all the time and they're like, I love your voice. And I'm like, well, you love it even more when I'm doing my music. Then, <laughs> So that's like the next, the next thing. So if you want to come to the retreat, you'll get to experience some of the first uh, fully immersive um, elements of guided meditation and sound healing that I'm going to be doing. And that's uh, March 1st through 3rd in Patterson, New York. Um, and Amy and all of her uh, important information, her Instagram and her website are going to be linked in the show notes. So go see her in Atlanta, Georgia. And thanks so much, Amy. And thanks so much, listeners. Thanks, Rebecca.